Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. We have all had a moment in our lives or we cannot tell if we are awake or dreaming, that our dreams are too real, or that reality is too fictitious. But what happens when both worlds are true? What happens when you have no control over your body's actions in the real world, while your mind is deep in a dream state? Why, you get the first American sleepwalking killer. But before I tell you how a man who may or may not have been sleepwalking and put others into a deep sleep permanently. Nick, how are you and what are you drinking? Well, it's my turn to say I'm drinking a somewhat appropriate drink. Drinking some Dead Guy Ale from Rogue Brewing. What about you, Mike? You are drinking a great drink for this episode. I'm just drinking some Old Forester, but uh, Nick, like many odd murderous crimes in history, we travel back to the 1800s to the Victorian age. It seems like a lot of odd deaths, criminals, and murderers came from Victorian age. The Enlightenment, you mean? (laughs) It's when we first found out that people suck. (laughs) Touché. Touché. Well, it all begins with a man, an Albert Terrell, born in 1824 to a pretty wealthy family, all things considered. Albert would be raised in Weymouth, Massachusetts, where he would meet and marry his wife and have two children. But it was not to last, for Albert was not a good father and an even worse husband. See, he had this habit of sleeping around and cheating on his wife. And one mistress he was doing the horizontal dance with was a Maria Brickford. How they met, I do not know. But given Maria's profession which was uh, prostitution, I think I have a good hunch on how they might could have met. Much like T-Pain's song, I bet you he fell in love with a stripper. And in 1845, Albert, so enthralled with Maria, that they would leave together, starting a new life with different names and travel to new locations. Their main destination, Boston. Boston, Massachusetts. Albert leaving his wife and children behind, which... This was extremely taboo for the time, for adulting was considered a crime. And cheating and leaving your wife to sleep and fool around with another woman is punishable by law. Something to point out, on the other half of the coin, is that Maria at this time was also married. Which is hilarious to me, because her husband was okay with her sleeping with other guys for money, but not leaving with one. You gotta draw the line somewhere. Well, I'm just trying to imagine them around the dinner table going, hey, honey, how was work? Oh, you know, just a lot of guys. This one guy was really big. Just uh, got to be an awkward. Just like uh... way bigger than you. <laughs> but there was another hiccup in this relationship slash scenario. Just a small one with Albert and Maria. While traveling and living together, Maria decided to keep her profession of being a prostitute. Albert apparently tried to convince her to stop opening her legs for business, but she put her foot down, and her career continued. I feel like this is a tale as old as time. 
To me, this says that Maria must have really liked her independence of making her own money or just really loved her work. For two suitors wanted her to stop sleeping with other men, but even though she said no, they stayed with her. Maybe I can change her. <laughs> well, I was thinking like you said earlier, Nick, maybe the gentlemen who loved her were not uh, packing downstairs, but that's just speculation. But in that same year they left together, a rather eventful night would happen. No, Nick, not like that. On October 27th, 1845, Maria would see clients all while Albert was sleeping in another room. Throughout the night, men would come and go till she was finished for the evening, late into the night and into the early morning. Maria, after a long day's work, would go to bed right after her last customer. Moments later, Albert would rise from his bed, grab a razor, and enter Maria's room. In the darkness, while everyone slept, Albert would slit her throat from ear to ear. So deep, apparently, her head was nearly off. But that was just speculation. I could not verify this. After slitting her throat, Albert would set three fires in the brothel building that they were staying at and exit the building. The fires would begin to spread, causing smoke to circulate throughout the house, where the owner of the building would wake and begin searching the house for the causes of the smoke. In his little efforts of putting out fires, he would come across Maria's body, bed soaked with blood, throat slit. The owner would call for the police and tell her and tell them about her lover, Albert. Police would talk with people and found seven witnesses seeing Terrell enter and leave the brothel. He would flee to family members in his hometown of Weymouth, where family would give him some money to get out of town. And that's exactly what he would try to do. Only he fucked it up. After stopping in a family member's home, he would board a ship, thinking that this ship was going to Canada. In fact, he boarded the wrong ship and sailed to New Orleans. A few months would pass, but Albert was eventually discovered by the police in New Orleans on December 6, 1845. They would send him back to Boston to answer for his crimes. The city, the people, read an uproar. The newspapers printed Albert as a vicious killer, and the crowd, now a mob, wanted Albert's blood for his crimes. The trial would soon begin for the murder of Maria, but Albert's family had a few tricks up their sleeves. The main trick being... They were pretty wealthy. A nice car to have in your pocket. To help their son, Albert's parents would hire one of the best lawyers in the region, a Rufus Choet, a lawyer with a reputation for getting people free on weird, unique, clever ways. And weird ways he had. Rufus decided to use a defense never used before on American soil. The defense that if my lawyer told me he was going to use, I would fire him right away. Rufus was going to, and did, make the case that Albert did kill Maria, but he was sleepwalking. So he did it, but it wasn't his fault. Bold move, Cotton. Let's see how this one turns out. I'm guessing pretty well. Rufus, in the early stages of the trial, would talk to members of the court, saying that there were only two ways Maria died. She either committed suicide, or Albert Terrell, his client, committed the murder while sleepwalking. That was the narrative he chose and the narrative he stuck with. Rufus began dismantling the prosecution's so-called evidence, beginning with the witnesses that saw Albert enter and leave the brothel. Rufus would make those witnesses... Rufus would say that those witnesses... I, I, 
Rufus would say that those eyewitnesses were true, that Albert did enter and leave the brothel, but that, that, but that did not mean that he killed Maria. For none of the witnesses actually saw the crime. They just saw Albert, Maria's lover, at the scene of the crime. But what about the evidence of that some of Albert's clothes and walking cane was found at the scene? Well, they were in a relationship. Why wouldn't some of Albert's belongings be in her bedroom or workplace? I don't know if it's a workplace or bedroom, depending on the time of day. Rufus would go on saying that Albert had no motive for killing Maria. He was in love. So the only possible way that he killed her if he was sleepwalking and doing that crime was out of control. Ignore that she was sleeping with different guys every single night to make money. But, you know, he was in love. I know this is super fucked up. But the only thing I can picture is Alfred as Frank Reynolds on the intercom going, one of the things I like most doing is banging whores. <laughs> Just a simple man. Yeah, well, you know that uh, Longhorn lawyer talk? I just, for some reason, even though he's from Boston, comes in my mind because he did some uh, ballsy moves in court. Another one he ballsy move he would do would he would bring the dean of the Harvard Medical School at the time, Walter Channing, and ask the dean if it was even possible for a man to commit a crime while sleepwalking. Channing said yes, it is possible. But what about the fires? Clearly he was trying to cover up evidence. Why no, it is possible for someone sleepwalking to set fires. The jury ate it up. You have to imagine at this time in history, there's no medical reasoning for sleepwalking. What what year was this again? 1845. They have people have no idea what caused it or the side effects of it. Hell, having murder as a side effect of sleepwalking is one hell of a side effect. But you know, it, it helped having the dean of the Harvard Medical School saying crimes are possible during sleepwalking. And according to Albert's family, he did have the tendency to sleepwalk since he was the age of six. Right? That's uh. That's something you think would come up a little bit earlier, but you, but you know. So I want to point out in like medicine time, we're only a few years after the invention of, oh shoot, like what's the, what's it called when they give you gas and knocks you out? Nitric oxide? Yes, that's the stuff. So that's where we are in like the timeline of medicine. We're a few years removed from just sawing someone's leg off while they're still conscious. No, we still do that. Just that was during the Civil War, so maybe nitric oxide wasn't readily available. But well, I guess in England maybe they were. <laughs> They're a little bit more civilized in England with you know Jack the Ripper. A- apparently. Well, this trial would go on for a few months until March thirtieth, eighteen forty-six. That is when the jury would deliberate and cast a verdict on Albert. After two hours of discussion, the jury would find Albert not guilty based on. Insanity of sleep, which was the first time used in the United States. Now, Albert would be tried for the case of arson. Setting three fires in a building which you don't own can make a few people angry. Not just any building. The whorehouse. How dare you burn down the whorehouse? But he was found not guilty because of his sleepwalking issue. Gotta love the judicial system. On his adultery charges, I'm not sure what happened, but I know he didn't go to jail. Now, Nick... I have a question to ask you. Say you were just found not guilty of all your crimes and you are now a free man. What's the first thing you do? I'm guessing go to a brothel? That would be the smart choice. Well, Albert was not a smart man. 
Albert, after being acquitted... Seems like he he hired a good lawyer, so he did something right. Ah! Albert, after being acquitted, he decided that he did not want to pay the lawyer in full. In fact, he wanted to pay the lawyer half of the original agreement, the same lawyer who just got him free of murder, arson, and adultery charges by blaming it on sleepwalking. Albert's reasoning for wanting to pay Rufus half was on his account that his innocence had been so obvious, it would not have been hard for him not to be found not guilty. Wow, that lawyer really really convinced him he was innocent. <laughs> uh, from my research, I believe the lawyer got the full amount owed, but I could not verify it. Please tell me Alfred went to go write a book called If I Did It. <laughs> uh, no, no. I God, I should have had some OJ with my whiskey. Uh, but... Albert, for the rest of his life, would live an unknown, uneventful life and die in 1880, but would go down to history for the first American homicidal somnambulism. I butchered that, but I'm going with it. Yes, there's an actual name for sleepwalking killing. There's a whole terminology for it, which makes me wonder how many people are killing when they're sleepwalking and how many sleepwalking pleas are there? Probably too many, if I had to guess. <laughs> Some people do innocent stuff, like put pillows in the oven or purses in the freezer. Other people just kill people. Yeah. For all those listening, you might want to be careful not to piss off your significant other next to you. For your partner one night might just happen to develop sleepwalking, and you might not wake up the next morning. <laughs> yeah, but that's a, that's a court case I wasn't expecting to come across, Nick, of, yes, my client did it. Yes, my client sent those fires. Yes, my client did do adultery, but it wasn't his fault. That's a, that's an impressive uh, impressive lawyer there. But that is the story of Albert Terrell, the first American sleepwalking killer. Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.